Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a prayer of our hearts. Um, Hope Community is often referred to as a Baptocostal church. And uh, we're not too big on labels, honestly. Yes, we are a part of the Baptist movement of churches, which is a wonderful thing. And they are a great movement with uh, a hunger at the moment. We're praying for 21 days. We're praying for revival. And uh, that's at the heart of our movement to see God do something wonderful. But Hope Community, we're not, we're not, we're not interested in labels, so often people will come and, of course, they have an expectation. And uh, I'm guessing that kind of means that uh, people have an expectation that a Baptist church uh, would probably be a sleepy place, um, that raising your hands in the air during worship uh, would probably not be a thing, uh, that banners, whoa, that would definitely not happen. And so people come into this place and uh, when they encounter Holy Spirit in this place, then it's a very, a very beautiful thing. And so uh, I, would, I would just like to set the record straight and uh, just get rid of the labels and just say Hope Community is a church that is just going after the Father's heart. And whatever he calls us to, we just want to be obedient and uh, if it's outside the box of what people expect of a Baptist church, well, that's what God does. <laughs> that's what he does for each one of us. So here we are. Um, we're a spirit and truth church, uh, which means we love the Word of God, but we welcome the work of the Holy Spirit as well. Uh, we don't believe that you have to choose between one or the other, which so often I think is the case. And so... Uh, I'll just give you a heads up too. If you're new to Hope Community or visiting with us, then that does mean that sometimes things can get a bit out of our comfort zones. Um, Acts chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, come with me. Acts chapter 2. And uh, I want to read this account of Pentecost. This day that we're reading about is 50 days after Jesus went to the cross. He was resurrected uh, for 40 days. He appeared to the disciples and to many others. And then uh, he said, he ascended and before he left, he said, wait, wait, there's something coming. Acts chapter 2, are you there? All right. On the day of Pentecost... All the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So this was an amazing event. And you need to understand that prior to this, 
God would empower his people for specific tasks and specific times. And the Holy Spirit would come and rest on people and empower people, but not to stay. At Pentecost, the Father sent the Spirit to come and indwell his followers. And so this was an amazing thing. In the past, the presence of the Lord had rested in tabernacles, in human structures where the Lord said, it is, it is okay for me to be in those places. And at Pentecost, the Father said, well, now I am going to live in these holy temples. And can you put yourself in the shoes of these people in this room on this day? And you, there's some people in this room and you have read this and you have heard this a hundred times, but you've got to just, just come with me for a second. And can you imagine that right now or maybe when we're worshipping or at some point as we're gathering together, this sound starts to come. It sounds like a rushing wind, Right. Now, our first response would be like, what's the go? Did someone turn up the air conditioning? Has someone opened a door somewhere? Is is that coming through the PA system? We would start to think, what is going on? Now the wind comes and then tongues of fire start to come and rest over people's heads. All right? Now you're sitting in your chair there and there's a person in front of you and you see this tongue of fire come and rest over their head. This, like, this was, this is an amazing thing. Like, this is an out there thing when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. So today, I want want to talk to you a bit different today. Uh, You're not going to get a great exposition of the uh, King James Bible today. Uh, Listen, I were kind of talking about this. And God has taken us on a huge journey when it comes to Holy Spirit and uh, to what that looks like in at Hope Community. And we just thought it'd be great to share some of the things that we've learned about Holy Spirit. And so for, for most of you, this is probably going to be nothing new, but I pray that God will just breathe something fresh into it for you. For others, this might be something new for you. Um, I think God, God does, God takes us on a journey when he brings revelation often, revelation that ultimately brings change. And so for us, it was never that we were unaware of some of this stuff, but he, he brought it into a place where it actually became our heart and a reality for us. All right, so I want to share six things we've learned about Holy Spirit. Okay, number one. Holy Spirit doesn't always work the way we expect. And so sometimes that is way out of our comfort zone. As leaders, we've learned that you can't have complete control and allow Holy Spirit room at the same time. Holy Spirit needs to be the boss. And so... Because we have a desire here to see the Spirit at work, then we intentionally choose to release control 
to the Holy Spirit. So we can see those things. So that's not to say that there aren't guardrails. That's not to say that we don't try and do things in the best way that we possibly can, that we won't teach into things and equip people um, in some of these areas. But it is to say that when Holy Spirit says, hey, there's something to do here and I need you to come with me, that we're prepared to say, yes, we're going to do that. I'll never forget reading, um, I think it was Randy Clark, this incredible book changed my life. It's called There Is More and it's his journey of encountering Holy Spirit and going from a Southern Baptist pastor, super conservative, to, um, to where God just got a hold of him and changed his normal forever. And uh, in there he was reading, uh, he was telling this story about one day he was visiting a church and they were, they were starting to explore and understand that Holy Spirit was calling them to something that they hadn't really been um, outworking before. And so they thought, we're going to get this great guy, Randy Clark, out to come and speak. And it was a, a super traditional church. And so um, they had all, all the beautiful tables in the woodwork with the nice tablecloths on there. And they actually, um, they had this huge vase and it was full of oil. And Randy was partway through his message and Holy Spirit interrupted him and just said, hey, go and get that vase and I just want you to tip it out all along the front, all on the ground, and I'm going to do something cool. And so, of course, as any good preacher does, they just ignore that voice. (laughs) And Randy's thinking to himself, like, look at this place. This is a beautiful place. There is no way I'm doing something like that, Lord. And so he keeps preaching and Holy Spirit just comes interrupting, knocking again and says, go and get that vase and tip it out. Anyway, after the hounding and the hounding of the Holy Spirit, he weaves it in to the conclusion of his message. And he goes down there and he grabs this vase of oil and he walks along the front and he pours out this oil. And then the Lord says to him, he has no idea what happens next, right? He's just doing that. The Lord says to him as he's pouring it out, he says, now tell the people that require healing to come and stand in the oil and I'm going to heal them. And so he calls them and there's a few enthusiastic ones that come forward and they come and they stand in the oil and uh, some people start to get excited as they see things happening. And he sees a guy who's uh, getting up out of his seat and he's got a walking frame and he starts walking down ever so slowly as some of these scenes are starting to take place. And this man, as he's walking down, Randy can see that his ankles are actually fused straight. And so he's coming down with his walking frame and he's kind of hobbling down there. And he gets to the oil and he starts at one side of the room and he starts to just walk through it like a creek bed. And as everyone watches this man walk through the oil, they start to see his ankles start to loosen up and walk properly. He pushes his walking frame aside, walks to the end and walks off back to his seat completely healed. There are times when Holy Spirit wants to work in ways that are far out of our comfort zone. But look at this scene in Acts chapter 2. The sound of a rushing wind comes. The tongues of fire come. 
And then people start talking in other languages as the Spirit gives them ability. So much so, this was such a scene that people came from everywhere to actually see what was going on. We know that as Peter preaches the gospel after this, that over 3,000 people actually responded to the message and believed and were baptised. So we know that over 3,000 people, at least 3,000 people came rushing, right? And when they came and they witnessed what was going on in people, their response for some of them was that these people are drunk, Now, I know no one in this room gets drunk, but I'm sure you've seen a drunk person at times. And sometimes, like, I mean, they're wobbly, they're falling over. I used to do some uh, office relocation work in the city on Friday and Saturday nights. There are a lot of people that um, I don't think they were being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Uh, they, were, they, were, they were being empowered by a different spirit. <laughs> and so these people actually, they thought these people who were being empowered by the Holy Spirit were drunk. And Peter comes up and responds. He says, well, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. And so sometimes the Holy Spirit manifests his presence inside people in a way that does, it can be confronting. It can be confronting. We have learnt that Holy Spirit knows best when it comes to how he wants to work. Sometimes he comes and he releases peace. Our encounter nights, every night is different. God comes and does what he knows needs to happen in that place. Sometimes it's peace. Sometimes it's joy. Some people get it easy. Has anyone ever been around the people who just are the laughers? Um, I avoid those people (laughs) because it's contagious. But (laughs) I shouldn't have told you. In saying that, we've also seen God heal depression, anxiety, all sorts of mental health issues just by dosing people with joy. Sometimes that's what he does. Sometimes Holy Spirit releases fire over people. Sometimes people fall over. And just like Pentecost, sometimes we stand back and we look and we think, wow, this is different. Number two, Holy Spirit is a person. Why is this important for us to know? Because Holy Spirit is not just the power of God. So often we can reduce Holy Spirit to um, something like in the Star Wars we call the force. May the force be with you. We're calling upon the force right now to do something that we can't do. But Holy Spirit is a person. Holy Spirit is God, the third person of the triune God. And guess what? Holy Spirit has personality. When we open the Scriptures, let me show you one place, Uh, John 14. It says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him. Him. The world cannot accept him. 
because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Holy Spirit is not an it. Holy Spirit is a person. Uh, Let me tell you some other ways we know that Holy Spirit's a person. If you look at the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5, you'll realise that they're characteristics of a person. Um, I don't know if, uh, if, if Holy Spirit was an it, like a television, an object or a power, um, like electricity. You would not tell electricity that it has love, joy, peace, patience. Electricity, you just need more patience. <laughs> Holy Spirit has characteristics that we know of a person. Ephesians 4 tells us to not grieve Holy Spirit. It says, whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So we know Holy Spirit can feel grief, just like you and I can feel grief. And it goes on to list some of the things. Holy Spirit feels grief. Most of all, when we sin, it says get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander. Holy Spirit feels Grief when we are not compassionate and kind and forgiving to each, to each other like Jesus is to us. Number three, turn to um, 1 Corinthians 14 with me and I'm going to read some scripture just before I jump into these. 1 Corinthians 14, it says, Let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. That makes sense. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them and comforts them. There is a purpose. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you could all speak in tongues. This is Paul speaking, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy, for prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. The third thing we've learned about Holy Spirit is that speaking in tongues is a gift. You don't hear too much in general about speaking in tongues in Baptist churches. And we, Liz and I in particular, we came from a background where uh, speaking in tongues was not encouraged in any way. Um, In terms of the scriptures, that was just a part that was kind of just breezed over. And no one kind of said, hey, like why, don't, like, why don't we actually do that bit? You know, it's in there. Um, we, had, we, we always knew the people who said, well, you know, they kind of frowned upon it and said, well, unless there's an interpreter, then uh, that's not from the Lord, you know. And what we, what we learned as we studied the Scriptures and worked out what the Father wanted us to know about this is that... Um, is that when you want to give an interpretation to a church, to a corporate context, then you need an interpreter, right? Otherwise no one understands what you're saying and you're better off just speaking English. Like that makes sense, right? 
But if you're praying in the Spirit, then there's no interpretation required because it's your Spirit speaking to the Father. Are you with me? So 1 Corinthians 14, in verse 14, goes on to say, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. You don't have to leave your brain out of this. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Uh, There was a point in time for me where uh, this whole topic of speaking in tongues confronted me. And I kind of couldn't avoid it any longer as a Christian leader, pastor. Um, I started praying with some people who prayed in tongues and it stirred up this desire in me. I could see that the relationship they had with the Father because of this ability to pray in the Spirit. And I said, Lord, if that's going to bring me closer to you, then I, I want that. And to me, it was weird. And to me, it was uncomfortable. And to me, it was even awkward sometimes when people would be praying the Spirit around me and I could hear them. But I could see that the Lord was doing something through these people as they prayed in the Spirit. And I said, Father, I want that. And so I started praying and I actually start, I really started pressing in to the Lord, asking Him, release this on me. Give me this. I want it. And I'll never forget, but I was at a conference one day and I was down the front with everyone and I was just in worship and I wasn't even thinking about speaking in tongues and just like a switch, bang, it just started coming out. And I, 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 when I realised what was happening, I just was filled with joy and at the same time I was kind of going, well, what is happening here? Now I can tell you, um, praying in the Spirit for me is a huge blessing, is a huge, huge blessing. And for me, uh, you probably don't want to hear it, but I sing in the Spirit all the time. I find it easier to sing in the Spirit than pray in the Spirit. And so if you're down the front, that's what you'll be hearing. Um, Sometimes for those, for those who pray in the Spirit, you'll know that there are times where you actually don't have the words and you come to the Father and all you actually, all you want to do is bring your burden, bring your heart, bring the pain to the Father. And if you use your human English words, then they just don't seem to do justice. And there are times where praying the Spirit is just such a blessing where you just, you go into that place and it's just like your spirit is, is talking with the Father. And I was talking with Liz about this and she remembers a time where she had to sing at the funeral um, of someone who was very, very close to her. And uh, that was, it was a tough gig and, you know, her heart was she, was, she was grieving in that space as well. And, and she was telling me how she turned up to the chapel that day And uh, she was thinking, like, I cannot actually get through this without God's help. And all I want is just to run to him, but I don't even have the words to give to him. And so she just started praying in the spirit. And then the Lord started ministering to her and equipping her in that space. And she knew his presence. She knew that he was there. 
And so let me just wrap this up this, this little bit. I want you to hear this. Uh, tongues do not need to be scary. Um, we, have, we have made them scary in many ways. Uh, we still need wisdom and consideration of other people depending on the context you are in. And the third thing I just want to finish with this is that tongues is not something that is ever meant to shame anyone or make them feel inferior. It is a mystery of God. Why did I even get my tongue that day? I have no idea. And so the worst thing that could happen is that in a passage where it's preceded about the importance of love being above everything, that speaking in tongues would ever be used in a spiritual hierarchy. Are you with me? So if you, if you are here and you are not someone who prays in the spirit, it's okay, all right? I, I desire for you that you will, that the Lord will do that for you. But please never feel any guilt or shame over that. Number four is that uh, Holy Spirit does amazing things through words of knowledge. Now, I have to admit that when um, God started working this way in our church through people, we really had no idea what a word of knowledge was. And maybe right now you're kind of thinking, well, yep, I have no idea either. In the spiritual gifts, the supernatural spiritual gifts that are lifted in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, word of knowledge and word of wisdom is mentioned in there as a gift that the Father gives his children. And we started to learn more about this over time as people were coming to us and saying, hey, I, I think this means something, and we were trying to understand what God was doing in that space. And so let me just give you a bit of a definition of a word of knowledge is to know something specific without having learned it by natural means. Um, it's, often, it's often God giving us insight into something he wants to do. And so from our experience, it is most, in a corporate setting, it, it most commonly happens where uh, what God wants to do will actually manifest in someone. So I'll give you an example um, that you could be sitting there in worship and suddenly your right knee starts kind of hurting a bit and you think to yourself, well, that's weird because i got great knees, I haven't done anything, there's no reason for my knee to be hurting. And sometimes that, that's, that's Holy Spirit saying, I actually, this is a word of knowledge, I actually want to do something and what we've found is that when we can identify those words of knowledge, it's generally that the Father wants to do something specific in the moment. And so we would then receive that word of knowledge. We would pray for right knees. And you would be amazed at a number of times that we actually see miraculous things happen in that place. We did learn, or we have learned through our experience, that when you receive a word of knowledge, there is most commonly a sense of urgency with it. And so it's usually that the Father is saying, here and now, this is what I want to do in this space. So if you're sitting in the shopping centre and you feel like the Father's given me a word of knowledge 
uh, for a left ear. And, uh, you know, and then you feel like, oh, maybe God's prompting me to that person. Uh, he's not saying, well, hopefully you bump into them next Tuesday and maybe you'll get a chance to pray for them then. He's saying, right, like this is a vase and oil situation, okay? He's saying right now, I want you to go and do this in my name. And so what we find is that when we're obedient in that place of words of knowledge in a corporate context, we identify them, call them out, and we're obedient to that space. God works. Now, let me add to that and tell you the other thing that we've learned is that when he does that, the power of testimony is incredible in raising faith in believers. And this might be hard for you to understand, but you can come into the room with a level of faith and through testimony, it can actually be encouraged to a greater place and then you are more open to receiving something from the Lord. So the person who who the word of knowledge is for, they get their right knee prayed for, it gets healed. Well, we say, isn't this wonderful? God's done a great thing. Come up, tell everyone what the Lord's done. And they stand there and they're going, woo-hoo-hoo. And we all celebrate and go, yay, isn't this great? We share the testimony because this is God's goodness, right? And then we say, is there anyone else here? How's your right knees going? And Okay, knees is a great example. 57 hands go up and say, well, my right knee needs healing as well. And we say, all right, we're going to pray and we're going to ask that the Lord would release the same miracle for you. And the level of faith in the room lifts and we see time and time again that from the response to that testimony, there will be a huge amount of miracles received. Are you with me? Okay. I know this is going to stretch some people some of this. Stay with me. Number five, prophecy isn't just for special people. Uh, Once again, we came from a background where prophecy was very weird. Uh, People were very cautious towards prophecy because it can be subjective. And I want you to hear this, that prophecy is not scary in any way. It is simply just hearing the voice of God. And if you, hear, if you hear anything today, I want you to hear this, is that God does not have a speaking problem. We have a listening problem. And uh, you might want to nudge your husband or wife right there. Just give them the elbow. <clears throat> we know that this is true. Not many of us can say that we are great listeners and many of us can say that we're probably worse when it comes to listening to the Father. Now, I want you to hear this. I'm telling you that the Lord speaks both through his word and through his spirit. The written word of God and the Holy Spirit, he speaks. In John 10, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. In John 16, Jesus says, The Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, will speak God's truth to us. And so it's our job to listen. And sometimes that listening comes in a prophetic sense where what the Father is saying to us is not just something that is for us to be built up, but it's something that's to be released as an encouragement over someone else. And that can be for each and every one of us. I am not talking that there is not an office of the prophetic 
And we acknowledge that in our house and Deb Peacock sits in that space and oversees that ministry in our house. I'm not saying that there is not a gifting in that area, but I am saying that the prophetic is for everyone. And so um, in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul actually says, I want you to eagerly, I want you to eagerly desire all the spiritual gifts, especially prophecy, is his encouragement. Now, if we're people that live by the word and we read that, then our prayer life becomes, Father, I desire the spiritual gifts, release them over me, especially prophecy. Help me to hear you. Help me to know what you're doing. Help me to be a passer honourer of your messages. This is what I want. It's in the Word of God. Um, Prophecy can be incredible at times. I've had some stuff going on in my life lately. I went to see a friend um, who is really prophetic and she prayed for me not knowing any of my situation. The Lord spoke to her and she prayed right into my situation. And you know what? It's creepy when someone does that. There are prophets that I just have to say, can you please get out of my head? Like, I did not invite you in here, right? You know my stuff. She prayed into my situation and I don't really have the words to be able to identify or understand what happened, but something changed. Something shifted. That's, what, that's, that's all I can tell you. Um, Ali was here sharing her testimony last week as she was baptised. It was beautiful. She shared the season that she had come out of, which was so challenging, a season where um, she questioned who the father was and, and, and what that looked like. And in that season... Someone prophesied over her and it was the first time she said that she's ever received a prophecy like that and encountered the Father in that way and for her, something changed. This is what can happen through prophetic ministry. And so, yes, we've got to test everything. That's in the Scriptures as well. Yes, we've got to be careful. Yes, there's times where people get it wrong. I'm not denying any of that. We can be cautious but we're not to shut it down. We still need to welcome the work of Holy Spirit. All right, let me wrap this up as I come to number six. Uh, Turn to Luke chapter 24 with me, verse 49. Jesus is with the disciples and he gives them this instruction. He says, now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. So this had been prophesied over years before, hundreds of years before, as Pastor Tam read this morning from the New Testament account of the Old Testament occurrence of this happening. I will pour out my spirit. And Jesus says, stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So this is Luke writing this. 
Dr. Luke, a stickler for details, then in the book of Acts, again he mentions this, Acts 1.4, once when he was eating with them, this is Jesus, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptised with water, but in just a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. So do you see this? It was a gift. Jesus was adamant, saying to the disciples, do not go out without the gift. And you know what? I think every day we go out without the gift. And I know, I know Holy Spirit indwells us. Don't get me wrong. Everywhere we go, Holy Spirit is with us. But we still have a choice to what level we allow this interaction between this flesh and Holy Spirit that indwells us. And so number six is this, is what God does through Holy Spirit we desperately need, desperately. We've learnt this the hard way. Times where we've, we've blocked Holy Spirit from working. I used to lead some courses for another church and we'd do Alpha and other kind of um, evangelism or discipleship style courses. And we were so cautious about the Holy Spirit that we would leave that stuff out. That we would think, well, people who are coming to learn about faith, they're not ready to hear about Holy Spirit. And yet I stand here today and I tell you, The difference between your old life and your new life in Christ is that the Holy Spirit has come. You were not a temple, now you're a temple. Now go back to the beginning with me and imagine the disciples, right? Use your imagination, okay, stay with me. The disciples, they go to heaven, all the Old Testament peeps, they come rushing to meet these disciples. Moses is there. Moses had such an incredible relationship with the Father. At times his face shone from the glory of the Lord. But he wasn't indwelt with the Holy Spirit. These Old Testament people, heroes of the faith, they come running to meet these disciples and they say, tell us, tell us, What was it like to have the Holy Spirit in you? Can you imagine the interaction? They'd be saying, man, there were were times I actually got to experience Holy Spirit's power. Came for an hour and rested on me for this task that the Father had for me. But you, you were there when the Father sent His Spirit and said, because of my son, you are now a temple where I can rest. And here is what breaks my heart 
Can you imagine if we're standing in that place having that conversation and we think, well, I don't really know if it made any difference, honestly. I was busy. I had too much to do. I didn't have enough time. I didn't hear the Father speaking. Or there was this time and and Holy Spirit got a bit weird and it turned me off. After that, I thought that's not for me. It breaks my heart to think that we would miss out on what I believe is the key ingredient for the life of an empowered, Spirit-filled believer. And so often we're tempted just to leave it out. So often we're tempted to go about our lives and say, oh, Holy Spirit, you just be quiet. I know you're here, but I've got stuff to do. I like having control. Take the vase and pour it down out along the front. Are you kidding me? I'm never doing anything like that. Go over there and pray for that lady right here in the middle of the shopping centre. I want to do something amazing in her life. Are you kidding me? I don't want to do that. The knocking on your heart, the conviction of Holy Spirit. Dan, you need to love that person. Dan, you need to forgive that person. Are you kidding me? I am not ready to do that. And so we head out without the gift. The gift gets left behind. And Jesus was saying to the disciples, you've got to realise they'd spent all this time with Him. They'd seen Him do amazing things. There were times where He had empowered them to do amazing things. And yet here's Jesus and He's saying, you have not seen anything yet. Holy Spirit is coming to you. And you know what He goes on to say? He says, you will do greater things than I have done. Because the Holy Spirit is coming to empower us. Can we stand and I'm going to pray this morning. I am praying that Holy Spirit is going to come and touch people right now. And can you stretch out your hands with me? And let's just start to pray. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, we welcome You. Holy Spirit, we don't want to grieve You in any way. Holy Spirit, come here like a rushing wind. Holy Spirit, bring Your fire. Holy Spirit, do not be forgotten in this place. Holy Spirit, we lift the lid off the box where we have tried to contain You. And Father, right now, I pray for people in this room who are tired and are weary and they feel like I haven't known the presence of the Lord for so long. And I pray, Holy Spirit, come now in Jesus' Name. In fact, if that's you here today, I actually want to invite you, come out of your seat and come down the front right now and we are going to pray for you. Come now and we're going to pray. 
come and receive a touch of the Holy Spirit this morning. Father, I pray for those who are in a season where they desperately need You. Breakthrough is required. Maybe it's a difficult situation. Maybe it's their capacity. Maybe it's health issues and they need the power of Your Spirit at work. If that's You here today, come forward. We're gonna pray that You will get a touch of the Holy Spirit right here today. Ministry team, you can come out and start praying over people. We're praying for a filling of Holy Spirit here today, for a fresh touch, for an encounter. Lord, we thank You, Father. We thank You that You don't leave us alone, that when Jesus ascended to Your right hand, You didn't leave us alone, but You chose to send Your Spirit, Lord. And Father, I pray that You help us to grasp how incredible that is, that we would be called temples of the Holy Spirit, Father. In the past, there were so many requirements just to be able to see where Your presence would rest, Father. And now through the blood of Jesus, You declare that we are clean enough that You would indwell us with Your Holy Spirit that we would become the resting place. And Father, I pray that we would not turn from You. I pray that this house would be known as a place that welcomes You, that embraces the work of Holy Spirit. I pray that there would be people in this room who are going to receive prophetic visions, Father, words of knowledge, Lord, that You're going to do the miraculous through people as You lead them. I pray that there's going to be a new season of spiritual growth in people's lives. As they come to Your Word and Holy Spirit, You open it up and You bring it to life. I pray for fresh revelation through the power of the Spirit for people regarding their sin, regarding their need for salvation, Father. I pray for those who have never taken the step that today as Holy Spirit knocks on their heart, that You would give them the courage to take that step and say, Yes, Lord, I surrender all to You. I come to You for forgiveness in Jesus' Name. Holy Spirit, come and touch every person we pray. hands. Father, we release healing for hands. Beautiful. Okay. We're just going to go with this. Here's a beautiful example, okay? I've just I got some words of knowledge. If this is you here this morning, if you have problems with your feet, we would love to pray for you. Uh, Ross River Fever. We would love to pray for you. Uh, Whiplash. Issues with your teeth. Lymphoma. Headaches, a burden of guilt, someone who's come with a really heavy heart today. You've got heartache.
If any of them are you, don't miss out on this. Come forward and we'll pray. We'll get someone to pray for you. Uh, problem with your feet, Ross River fever, whiplash, teeth, lymphoma, headaches, guilt, heartache. Come forward and tell, just let the person know who's ministering to you, what you're, what you're there for. And so, Father, we just thank You. We thank You for what You're doing in this place. We thank You for Your love, most of all, God. Come and touch people afresh. Come and let people encounter Your love, Father. Come and minister to blockages and walls where people have put up walls in front of You, Father. Come and knock them down in this moment, in Your grace, Father, that it stops today, that they say, yes, we're moving forward today. We're leaving that behind today. Come and release Your Spirit for healing in this place today. Over these words of knowledge, we pray for miracles and we bless people in Jesus' Name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.